everyone. Thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Ohio DD Talks. I'm your host, Nathan Turner. I'm delighted that you're here with us. We are going to have a fascinating discussion with Jeanette Love from DODD on housing. Thank you for joining us today, Jeanette. How are you? Great. I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. So I always like to get the show started by asking our guests to tell us a little bit more about themselves and their passions and how they connect with our broader developmental disabilities community. Sure. Um, so I've been at the Department of Developmental Disabilities for going on about four years now. Um, my uh, role is the housing manager and and um, I uh, work within the capital department. However, my uh, focus is not so much on capital, but rather more on kind of liaisoning. Um, and I have a long background of working in the housing area. I've worked in both the public and the private sectors, um, both on program and policy for vulnerable populations seeking housing. I've also worked for legal aid. Um, where I worked uh, around the housing housing issues, including landlord-tenant law. So, um, you know, this is a position that I feel is, you know, kind of a natural progression for me in, um, in my uh, professional work. So, uh, again, very happy to be here today, and I'd love to discuss what we're doing with the DD Council's grant. Yeah, and, and we're so happy to have you. Inclusive and accessible housing is so important to our community. And as you were saying, so you worked on a housing grant with the D Council. Can you tell us a little bit more about that grant and what the project entailed? Sure. Well, technically, I'm still working on that grant. Um, the DD Council uh, provided a grant to, uh, to us um, to work uh, for five years. Um, and that grant comes to an end at the end of this calendar year. Um, and the grant originally supported the hiring of a housing manager. So my position at the department to work on collaboration and to serve as a liaison to the housing community and stakeholders. Um, and I think this was really in response to a belief that DODD's housing uh, approach was a little too siloed um, in that historically, uh, DODD was less inclined to utilize mainstream resources and more um, inclined to create its own housing for people with developmental disabilities. So the grant was intended to really uh, look at new opportunities to leverage non-DODD housing resources and really to expand access to housing and uh, to have both accessible and affordable housing. So throughout the grant, we have really focused on interagency relationships and partnerships, uh, collaboration in general, and uh, as well as education and training. Um, you know, our objective is to address the gaps in the continuum of housing so that we can offer uh, more to, you know, throughout the state. Excellent. And as you were saying, one of the goals of your grant was increased access to accessible and affordable housing. Can you tell us more about what that means for the department in terms of having accessible and affordable housing more available for people with disabilities? Affordable housing is often described as housing where the rent does not exceed 30% of a person's income. And for individuals who have extremely low incomes, and that would include individuals who receive supplemental security income or SSI, having rent that's at or below 30% of income is imperative. Um, 
as generally rent is not going to be affordable to this population without a rent subsidy. So if we'd like to kind of try to put some numbers to that, the current rate of SSI is $794. Yet in Franklin County, Ohio, where I live, a one bedroom apartment at fair market rent is 829. So uh, in excess of a monthly benefit. Um, a two bedroom apartment is $1,032. So even with a roommate or a couple of roommates, rent can be unaffordable based on the 30% rule. And to make this uh, matter even you know, more complex, unfortunately, the rents that I'm quoting, these fair market rents are often lower than the market rate rents that you'll find in the community. Um, accessible housing, on the other hand, is a little bit more difficult to define. Usually uh, how we define accessible housing is housing that's designed pursuant to Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Um, since the ADA or Americans with Disability Act only applies to public accommodations in common areas and housing complexes. Under Section 504, all federally assisted new construction housing requires that 5% of the units or one unit, whichever is greater, are accessible for persons with mobility issues. And of course, there are some additional requirements for units to serve individuals with sensory or sight disabilities. Um, of course, not all accessible housing meets each prospective tenant's unique accessibility needs. And for this reason, um, we've started to expand our thinking about you know, what to do about accessible housing to maybe going beyond 504, to look more closely at principles like universal design, and universal design, if you're not familiar with it, is a housing concept that is designed to um, provide accessible housing that's usable for all. So the idea is to plan the housing so that it's barrier free uh, for both people with permanent physical disabilities, as well as for somebody who may have undergone surgery, broken a leg, or simply wants to age in place. And in the rental market, universal design is particularly important because there's such a scarcity of accessible units. So having more universally designed units would make up uh, all apartments more usable by all people. Excellent. And how is DODD working to make more affordable and accessible housing a reality? Well, DODD recently created a written plan to address the type of housing we're here talking about today. In fact, Ohio's plan to increase independent living options for individuals with developmental disabilities was just finalized and hopefully will be posted to our website soon. Um, increased access to affordable and accessible housing is key to that plan. And without going too deeply into the plan, one way uh, we can improve access to affordable and accessible housing is by taking full advantage of the mainstream housing resources in our communities. And these can be HUD resources or uh, federal resources, included, including but not limiting things like housing choice vouchers, mainstream vouchers, NED vouchers, HUD project-based housing, including the federal and state 811 programs, as well as tax credit housing. Um, by leveraging these housing opportunities and by partnering to create new opportunities, individuals with developmental disabilities who are low income, who otherwise can't afford housing may be able to access the housing. But of course, you know, there are some tougher pieces to that. 
And that especially uh, it comes in when you begin to pair this with the accessible housing piece. So units that are both accessible and affordable are often harder to come by due to the scarcity. Um, unfortunately, just because a unit is deemed accessible, uh, it's not going to suit every individual's needs. Um, and of course, uh, further complicating this issue is that you know, while you might have accessible units in your community, they often are leased up, and so they're not vacant and available to the individuals who need them. So these challenges might seem overwhelming, but we believe there are solutions that exist. Uh, one solution that we really encourage is for our uh, county boards and stakeholders to get involved in the state and local planning efforts um, that take place. Uh, to look at and to try to influence the way that decisions are made around mainstream resources and uh, the allocation of those resources. So uh, you can do this by getting involved in local conversations. And those conversations happen at many different levels, including with the public housing authority, at the city level, county level, and even at state government. Um, as part of DOD's written plan, we're also going to encourage county boards to quantify their housing needs, especially for the extremely low income population. Um, this information can be very, uh, very vital to kind of shedding light on the housing needs of persons with developmental disabilities, especially where those needs aren't met. Um, as far as the barriers that are concerned, there are quite a few barriers. Um, the DD population isn't the only population competing for housing resources. There are many populations in need, families, veterans, the aging population and individuals with the, uh, who are experiencing homelessness, uh, not to mention other disability subpopulations like people with severe and persistent mental illness and addiction disorders. Um, so we're kind of competing against a lot of other populations for um, what is, you know, considered to be a positive uh, resources. So um, we really want to, um, you know, make some headway in this situation through, uh, through you know, encouraging people to get involved. Um, one other thing that I, I feel I must mention because of the current times we live in is the, the barrier that comes with providing services to individuals who live in community. Uh, you know, we're fortunate that our system is making some headway on this situation, but we still, you know, want to highlight that, you know, there, there is some work to be done. Um, luckily, through, uh, I think, some rural changes and accommodations, as well as technological advancements, we're hoping that, you know, people will uh, maintain not only access housing, but be able to maintain it, too. Um, and I'm just going to encourage everyone who's listening to check out our uh, website and to review our plan. Uh, this is a plan that we've been working on for what seems now for a couple of years, even though it's just now being released. I encourage you to look at it and kind of uh, review the, the full impact of the work that you know, we'd like to see done in communities across the state. I definitely agree with you that I think we're going to find that technology is going to intersect with our system in big ways moving forward as people with disabilities continue to integrate in the community and, and access our services while going into the future. So to close out our episode, can you just tell us 
why is it important for people with disabilities to have access to better housing options? Well, I, personally, I feel that um, having access to housing is just a key uh, element, you know, for all of us uh, and to life. Um, you know, housing provides a foundation upon which, you know, we build our lives, um, as Maslow talked about. Um, this, he described housing as critical in his hierarchy of needs. And more recently, we hear more and more about um, how, you know, housing is such an important social determinant of not just health, but health outcomes. So in a nutshell, the reason that I believe that access to safe, quality, affordable, and accessible housing is important um, for people with developmental disabilities is for all the same reasons that it's important to any person. Um, it connects people to their communities and to their environment and really all that that offers. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing all of that great information with us and talking to us more about the work you're doing with the D Council and Housing Project. And I want to thank you all, the listeners, for joining us. Please continue to share your stories with us and communicate with us on social media. We love hearing from you. Please give us topics, suggest topics for us in the future. And don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions of the guests. We love hearing that feedback. Thank you so much, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.